morning, everybody. We welcome you here and everyone watching online. Would you please stand with us as we join together in worship this morning?
this this morning. Come on. Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness. My God, that is who you are. You are waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness. My God, that is who you
You never stop, you never stop working. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop, you never stop working. You never stop, you never stop working. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop, you never stop working. You never stop, you never stop working. God, as we as we come before you in prayer, Lord, I'm just I'm I'm so thankful that in your word it says that you are our shepherd. Lord, we shall not want. God, you are taking us to green pastures, to still waters, and I know that you are here with us. Lord, as we're gathering in person, we're gathering online. Lord, you are the shepherd, you are stilling the waters. God, as we meet with you, as we focus on you, God, in your word in Psalm 33, it says, All your work is done in faithfulness. All of your work is done in faithfulness. There is not one part of you that is unfaithful, that is inconsistent. You are consistent. You are faithful in every season, including the one that we're sitting in right now. And Lord, we know that at at the end of each day, God, that you are with us throughout every situation. God, every turn, every twist, you are with us. So, Lord, thank you for being our shepherd, for protecting us, for guiding us, for stilling the waters so that, so that our hearts can be calmed. Lord, as, as we continue on uh, this morning, God, meet with us. Just speak to our hearts in Jesus' powerful name we all pray. Amen. Good morning, church. You guys can have a seat. It's good to be with you in person and good to be with you online. I just love that. The Lord is my shepherd. He is protecting us. He is guiding us. He is stilling the waters for us. And so as we open up the word, let's focus in on who God is. 
because I'm telling you right now, there's a lot of things that we could be focusing on, but I'm going to focus in on the God who is reigning, who is king. Amen. And so I want to share with you just some exciting, some exciting things that just happened. So I want to pull up this picture. So this was Friday um, at our drive-in movie. Um, we, we, we had about 200 people that came in it, and people, yeah, I think it's exciting. I think what's exciting is I think that even just like that song, you know, even when we don't feel it, you're working, and even when we don't see it, you're working. And I'm just, just reminded of, and it's not about large numbers, but just the who came up. I mean, people that we haven't seen in, in months, you know, they're in their cars, they're, you know, they're listening to the movie, they're coming, but just, just, it was just so good to connect with some people from a distance and just to be able to, to be with our church and to meet people that we haven't ever met before. Like, that was powerful. And it's just reminding me that God is, is doing something and we may not see it, but he's working. And so we may not feel it, but he's working. And so this was the drive-in movie. We have one more coming up in August and we'll share more information to come. Uh, but we are um, just so thankful for these things that we continue to be able to do to just continue to reach out to our community and our church. And so I'm thankful for what God did on Friday night. Um, Crystal and the, her team just did a phenomenal job just prepping that night and, and running at Chrissy. So we're going to thank God for them. Um, guys, just want to remind her two things. One, we have our car cruise every Tuesday from 5 to 9, weather permitting. So even if you don't have a classic car, come on up. There's plenty of classic cars to drool over, believe me. Uh, so come on up, um, and there's, uh, they, have, they definitely have some concessions available, um, but that's every Tuesday, weather permitting, 5 to 9. Uh, and then on Wednesday night, we have our live prayer gathering on Facebook Live as well as our website and YouTube. Um, so please uh, jump in on that and just participate as we read the word, as we go before the Lord in prayer, and just ask him to heal our nation and to, to speak to our hearts and lead us in this time. So that's every Wednesday at 7 o'clock. Um, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray here in a minute, but I just want to remind you that God is faithful in all of his work. There's not one thing that God does that is outside of faithfulness. Everything, that is the word of God. Look it up. But the very beginning of Psalm 33, after it says, make a loud noise and play skillfully and shout for joy, it says all of his work is done in faithfulness. That's who our God is. He is faithful even when we're not. And so I just want to say thank you for being faithful as we continue to give and continue to be on mission. You can give online. You can give in the mail. You can also give in the lobby and in the auditorium. But, guys, thank you for being faithful to the Lord's mission. I'm just, I'm, I told them last night, I love that I get to work here, but I love more that I get to be a part of this church family to do life with you all. And so I'm thankful for that. So Ken's going to bring a powerful word just like he did last night. And so I'm, ex I'm expecting God's going to move in powerful ways. But let's continue on in, in prayer as we, as we move on this morning. Lord, we, we just commit to you, um, God, all that we're doing. We want to hear from you, and we're going to open up your word. Uh, God, we're going to open up the Bible, and we're going to read in your holy scriptures. God, we are going to be changed by your word. Holy Spirit, would you open up our ears, open up our eyes. God, whatever we're coming in with, whatever fear, whatever concerns, however we're watching um, this service this morning, God, whatever we're coming in with as we watch this, God, I pray that you would just move it in our hearts, that it, as we read your word, as we hear the words that you've given to Ken um, this morning, God, that we would uh, just encounter you in a fresh way, that we would uh, just be stilled, that we would, be, we would find peace, and just we would be reminded of your word that says that you are the shepherd, and you're leading us to green pastures, you're leading us to still waters, and that's a promise. That's just not a good idea. That's a promise, that when we follow you, the good shepherd, that we will be led to still waters, to green pastures. So we are following you this morning. We are leaning into you. Lord, we love you. We just exalt you. We worship you in this place. In Jesus' powerful name we pray. Amen.
morning. Good to see you all this morning. Glad to see you here and see those of you online. I, uh, while the music's going, I try to jump online and say hello to a few people. And I want you to know that there's quite a few people online today. Quite a few people are joining us, so I say welcome to you online. And we're kind of half and half right now as we're navigating all this, this new, uh, new way of living, isn't it? It's kind of a wild way of living, isn't it? Kind of, yeah, I told somebody it's like Groundhog Day. It just keeps happening every day. You know, it's this, somebody told me they could not remember the day of the trash to come because every day is the same. So they had to send themselves a reminder of when the trash is going to be going out. So I was like, okay, I'm not quite there yet, but it, it's, it's getting crazy, right? But I want to encourage you today as we look at God's Word, um, you know, as, as we've been going through this flannel graph faith, and I've been uh, going through and looking at some of the major stories of the Bible major histories as we've been talking about them. They're the history of, of the people of God. They're the history of how God moved. And so we, we went into Daniel, and I thought, well, you know, Daniel and the lion's den, that'll be fun. And, uh, and as we got into this, I've just found so much about the book of Daniel. It's just an amazing book. And you see this man of God that, that stepped up to the plate, and he was faithful. You know, we started out a few weeks ago. We talked about how that Daniel was a young man. And uh, remember, flannel graph, those were the pictures that we put up for the kids whenever they were little. Whenever I was a kid, they put up these felt things, and, and that would get our attention. So I, I would look at that, and that would get my attention. And they always wanted the Bible to come alive. And we still want that today for you, even as an adult. We want the Bible to come alive because it is real, and uh, there's, a, there's a history here. There is the move of God, all right? So this young man, Daniel, he goes, uh, he's deported off in 605 B.C. He's deported off from, from his hometown of Jerusalem. So they take these noble people, and, well, we're going to stay right there, okay? Let's go back one there. He, my man is trigger happy today. I didn't even hit the button, and he's moving, I'll tell you what. Give him, that's my man, Hunter Bagger. He's my nephew. Give him a hand. I love Hunter. I have to love him. He's my nephew. Anyhow, I, just, I just love him. He's a good guy. Anyhow, so, so here, here he is. He's 15 years old, and, uh, and as, as a 15-year-old kid, they deport him off. He goes into this foreign land, and they take him, and they try to, they try to make him no longer a Jew, no longer an Israelite. They try to turn him into Babylonian. And so one of the first things that he notices is that they are giving everybody all this great food. There's wine going all over the place, fattening foods. And he says, listen, I don't want, I don't want that food. I want fruits and vegetables. And he went according to the kosher laws of the Old Testament. So he looked at the Old Testament laws of how to eat, how the God had told the children of Israel to eat. He said, I want these kosher laws. So they gave him kosher food, and God ended up blessing him. Now, the reason I'm reminding you of that is because this is such a powerful way to learn faithfulness. He was 15, maybe 20 years old at this point. As a young man, he had a small test. He had a small uh, small hardship, and he overcame it, and he was faithful. And so as you look through the book of Daniel, go from Daniel chapter 1, you keep moving, you see the test get greater. And, and there's nothing greater than to train a young person how to, how to be faithful to God when he's young. That's why Proverbs says that if you train them when they're young, when they're old, they won't depart from it. It doesn't say that they'll never depart. It says when they're old, they won't depart. I, I've watched this happen throughout life. There's something when we ingrain it into our kids that God is faithful and that he is there. They may take a journey, but I'll tell you what. More than not, I see them come back to God. And, and it's just, just the faithfulness of God. Daniel kept seeing the faithfulness of God. Now we go to the next one. It was the fiery furnace. We looked at the fiery furnace a few weeks ago. And uh, his three friends, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, 
that the king had put out an edict that uh, you can only pray to, to his statue, to, to Nebuchadnezzar's statue. And so uh, as he put out the edict, he said, if you pray to any other god, if, uh, you know, unless you bow down to my god, you're going to go into the fiery furnace. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they get caught. They were Daniel's three good friends. And uh, they get thrown into the fiery furnace, and the scripture tells us that in the midst of the fire, they see a fourth man. King Nebuchadnezzar sees a fourth man, and and, and it's as if he was an angel. And so we said that maybe that was an angel, maybe it was even Jesus himself showed up. But we know this, it was the presence of God. God was with him, and God took care of him. All right, and then we see, we looked at, uh, last week we we jumped back and we looked at the handwriting on the wall. Daniel has been uh, advising the king. He's giving, uh, he's interpreting dreams, he's interpreting visions, and God's using him. And now this third king, so he went uh, went through Belshazzar, I'm sorry, he went through Nebuchadnezzar, now he's on the second king. Belshazzar, and Belshazzar just throws an arrogant party in the face of God. I mean, he just desecrates the the worship tools that that God had given the people of Israel, and this foreign king has taken those worship uh, utensils and and just really made a terrible party out of it in the face of God, and this human hand appears on the wall, and the human hand writes a message, and uh, and the king has to come, uh, and and he he seeks Daniel's advice, and Daniel comes and tells him what it's to mean, and Daniel lays it down for him. He says, listen, you are going to die, basically, Uh, the, the, uh, the, the, the rain is over, this is done, and that very night it ended. The enemy comes and takes over Babylon. And so Daniel now, he has lived under King Nebuchadnezzar. He lives under King Belshazzar. God uses him. God keeps... Now, now listen, I believe it started whenever he was 15. As a young man, he said, yes, I'll be faithful. It was just a small thing. He could have chosen not to eat the kosher food laws. He could have just had fun with that and just enjoyed all the, all the great richness of the land. But he stayed over there. And as he kept going, God kept giving him more and more and more. And as you're faithful, you'll watch this in your life, God will keep giving you. God can entrust more as you're faithful. He keeps working with you and working with you. That's what happened in the life of Daniel. God kept working with him. He kept working with him. And now, all the way down, he becomes number three in the land under a new king. He keeps praying. And we see this theme throughout the life of Daniel, that he's praying. There you go. And he's praying. And, and so three times a day, evening, morning, and at noon, Psalm fifty-five, seventeen. Evening, morning, and at noon, while I cry and pray out to the Lord. Evening, morning, and noon. And so he had done this. And he had this rhythm, and that rhythm was 70 years of his life. Because from Daniel chapter 1 to Daniel chapter 6 is about 70 years. And, and so you see this man that has just aged. And, and now he's an old man. And his, his old age, he gets thrown into the lion's den. And uh, be, because they, they, they said, if you request from any other god except for all the mighty king Darius, you, uh, you're going to go into the lion's den. So he goes into the lion's den. He's thrown into the lion's den. And God shuts the mouth of the lion. And so this man has seen an incredible, incredible move of God. And then as I was wrapping up, going through the book of Daniel, if you read the first six chapters of Daniel, you'll notice that they're written very differently than the last six chapters. Chapters 1 through 6 and then chapters 7 through 12. Two different, uh, two different styles of writing. In the second half of the book, we see some powerful prophecies that come up. 
And, and I want to encourage you this. Today we're going to look at this. Chapter 9 of Daniel, okay? Chapter 9 of Daniel is about an elder Daniel. He's now 85 years old, and he's praying before the Lord. And as we jump into this, I was looking at this, I'm saying, wait, this is so applicable to our life today. Th- this happened in, like, uh, about the time of his prayers, roughly 539 B.C., 538 B.C., right in that area. And so here we are, 2,500 years later, and we are still studying and we're seeing something that's very applicable. And I want you to catch this because the way he prays is the way that you can pray. There's some applications you can take into your life and how to pray in a crisis. We're in a crisis right now. There's just no doubt about it. Our country is turned upside down. And I would say more than our country, I would say our entire globe, wouldn't you? Like the whole world is afraid of a virus. Like we're, we're, we're concerned and, and like uh, who would ever thought this would happen in our lifetime? Um, the, uh, the, there's, there's financial calamities happening. There is political calamities, things all over the place. Uh, people are rioting, people are protesting. And so our world is at this tense moment. And folks, it's not just here. It's not just in the United States and America. Watch, watch the global scene. Watch the wars and the rumors of wars all around the globe. And so I want to remind you that God has a timetable. God has a plan, and he is working that plan. And this is what I'm learning from the book of Daniel this morning, that God has a timetable, God has a plan, and, uh, and he has all the details at his command. And when you can understand that, now I don't have to come in and tell you exactly when Jesus is coming back, because the Bible, Jesus himself said... No man knows the day or the hour. Amen? We can thank God for that. So I remember when I was a kid, somebody wrote a book, 80 Reasons Why Jesus Will Come in 1980. And you know what? He had to write another one. He wrote 88 Reasons Why Jesus Will Come in 1988. And he's no longer selling books. Okay? Uh, let, me, let me explain something to you. The, the Bible gives prophecy, and it's not for us to set dates. It's for us to learn how to live. The prophecies of God are so that you can see the hope and you can see the future that God has for you. And we're going to look at this today, but there is a, there's something that's very interesting. When we see the prophecy of God, the people of God should turn to God. So this is what this is what this is all about. It's the people of God coming back because if I can see that God is working and God is still moving and something great is happening out there, I can trust the very hand of God Almighty. But it's about you coming to God. Uh, listen, God, God has the plan. His, his events are going to take place. The question is, are, how are you going to participate? And so I want to encourage you today. Uh, how do you pray in a time of crisis? The crisis is is nuts right now and people have got every emotion i've had people people say to me well you know i saw it right they don't take any cash anymore or i saw at walmart they're not taking cash what do you think about that and i reply i think they're not taking cash anymore <laughs> that's what i think about it okay um i mostly use my mac card anyhow and people say well what about the chip I said, they can do whatever they want. They ain't sticking nothing in me, you know. Uh, that's just not going to happen. And, 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 and I want you to, to not live in fear of the future. But I want you to learn how to pray in the present. Like the future is, it, 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 God has a timetable. His plan is going to work. But I want to teach you how to in this crisis. And when this crisis is done, there will be another one. And another one. 
and another one. And right now, the crisis is affecting all of us. But this time last year, you were going through a crisis that I wasn't going through. And I was going through a crisis that you weren't going through. We just happen to be all on the same crisis page right now, don't we? And for some of us, the crisis is, is hurting more. Some of us are having complications on top of that. Some have lack of, lack of income right now. Their, their jobs are gone. Uh, some are dealing with health issues. Um, it, it's, it, you know, uh, it's, it, yeah, everybody's kind of relaxed until you know somebody that's got that virus. And, and I'll tell you what, th- this is a legit, there is something out there that has caused us to be in crisis. How do we pray? The first thing I want to show you here this morning is this. You pray. Now, this, is kind of, this, may, this doesn't make sense at first when I tell you this. You pr- here's how you start. You pray by starting to listen to God, okay? Start by listening to God. And I want, I want to encourage you today to start by listening to God and you, and you, as you pray. We can clear that background there, Hunter, all right? Start by listening to God. And uh, th- this, is a, this is a big, powerful first move. There's a principle that says this in the Scripture, and we find this, that God makes the first move. God always makes the first move. And in His Word, He told us He loved us. We love Him because He loved us first. So therefore... Who made the first move towards us? It's God. Like you, the reason that you're here and even interested in the things of God this morning is because God made the first move towards you. God said, I'm coming towards you. I love you, and I want you to be a part of, of my work. I want you to be a part of my love and, and care. God always makes the first move. He initiates. We're the ones who respond. So many times, we think that prayer is coming to get God to do his thing. Well, Actually, God has already started the work. And as we understand that God has started the work, now when you come to pray, you're responding to what he has done. God first talked to us. uh, He's given us his word first. It was him. And he gave it to you in 66 books. We put them all together. It's known as the Bible. And as you take this Bible, I want to remind you that this was written over a period of 3,500 years, over an incredible geographic span. This was not a man-made thing that was put together. This was the inspired Word of God. And as you sit down and you read this, God talks to you. And I want to encourage you today to begin your prayer life, to learn how to pray by learning the Word of God. I think many people have great intentions of prayer, and they'll come and say, I, I, you know, I just want to pray, and I feel, like, I feel like nothing's happening. Well, I'll tell you what, it's got to start with God. Because if it starts with me, you know where prayer starts with me? God, I need a Cadillac, you know? God, I'll take a Ferrari, right? And, uh, and, and we start going down this path of, of the things that, that I have all these desires of. But whenever I come to God's Word... And I'll just give you a little example here. God says in his word that it is the will of God that none should perish, but that all should come to repentance, that all should come to the Father. So whenever I'm praying, and I'm praying for people in my community, I'm praying, I'm saying, Lord, for my neighbor, would you please bring them to God? For my friend down the street, would you bring them to God? Because, Lord, it is your will. Look what Daniel uh, did here as Daniel prays, all right? Daniel says this in Daniel chapter 9-1. We see it. He says, In the first year of Darius, the son of Ahasuerus, by descent of a Mede, so it's the, uh, now the new reign, the, the Medes and the Persians, and we looked at that last week, who was made king over the realm of the Chaldeans, all right, verse 2, 
He says, in the first year of his reign, I, Daniel, perceived in the books the number of years that according to the word of the Lord to Jeremiah the prophet. He says, I perceived from Jeremiah's prophecies. You have the same prophecy in your Bible. You go open up and you read about Jeremiah. And you can go through there and you'll read what Daniel was learning. Now, Daniel and Jeremiah were, were, were contemporaries. Daniel was deported over to Babylon, and Jeremiah stays back in Jerusalem. He's in a city that's broken and ruined, and it's, a, it's, a, it's, it's just shambles. And, and you read Jeremiah, you read about his lamenting over the city and his crying and just asking the Lord to do his work. Well, then you read Daniel. Daniel's 650 miles away, 800 miles away, not very far, but, I mean, far enough that they're, they're not together. And so, so you have this prophecy that comes through, through Jeremiah, and we're going to look at that here today. But he says here, first of all, that he perceived it from the books. He went into the Word of God from the Scripture. So when we're praying, I want to encourage you, learn to be in the Word of God. Because as you are in the Word of God, you're going to know how to pray now. Daniel knew how to pray because he was in the Word of God. He was taken the pro- from the prophet Jeremiah, all right? He says, uh, according to the word of the Lord, to Jeremiah the prophet, continuing on, he says, he must pass before the end of the desolation of Jerusalem, namely 70 years. He says, listen, it was, it'll be 70 years. He understands that what Jeremiah said that would be 70 years from the time that, that Jerusalem was destroyed, from the time the Babylonians came over and took captive, that, uh, that the returning would begin. And so I want to encourage you this. You will never effectively pray without God's Word. Effectively pray, okay? You'll never effectively pray without God's Word. You've got to start with God's Word. Consider what Jesus said uh, about prayer himself. Check this out over in John 15, 7. He teaches us this principle, and I think it's a powerful principle because it's quite often overlooked. When people think about prayer, they just think of their needs and they think of their cry. They're not thinking about the deeper side of it, and there is a deeper side of prayer, and it's available to all. You don't have to be like this scholar. You don't have to. God has given us his word. You can go listen to his word. John 15, 7, Jesus said, let's read this aloud together. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. If you abide in me, if you remain in me, if you hang out with me, if, you have a, if we can keep our relationship connected here and my words stay in you, so if you will hang with me, and you'll keep my word in you. So every one of us have his word. I want to encourage you to take his word and, uh, and to listen to it. Um, last week, somebody's phone went off, and we had a little bit of fun with that, right? Their phone went off in the middle because you can take the, uh, take the Bible and let it read to you. I want to encourage you, take the Bible and let it read to you. Listen, uh, the scripture says, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. I want to encourage you to, to get, even if it's a small portion of God's word in every day. And many people will tell me, well, the Bible's boring. I'll tell you what, the stuff I'm reading is nothing near boring. 
Like when you start to understand that, that like here was Daniel, and, and a casual read, you might miss some of this sometimes, but uh, here was Daniel, and this was a lifespan of one man. Like 70 years, you know, for, for years, I just thought, okay, he did the lion's den, next, next, because for me, it's just a page turn. But for those guys, it was a 70-year turn. And so they watched their lifespan, and as they watched their lifespan, you saw, man, it was faithful. And, and you start to see that, okay, over here was Jeremiah. He was in, in another place, and, and he has this prophecy. And now here's Daniel, and Daniel's responding to the word of the Lord, and this is how he prays. And, and, and these are things that will change your life as you start to understand, like, okay, God, what about for me today? What about for me in 2020? I want to encourage you today. He says, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, if you will stay connected to God, if you will not break the connection, you will abide and you will stay. Stay a while. Keep God's word in me. Now look what his promise is. Ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. Is that not the most powerful promise of of the Bible? Like uh, you want to talk about your prayer life? You're praying for something, and he says, here's the condition to this. Most of us just see the second half. We say, well, that's kind of nice, the first half, but I really like the ask whatever you want, and I'll get it. Okay? He's not saying, I'll be the magic genie. He's not saying, rub the lamp three times, and you'll get whatever you want. He says, if you and I will just stay connected, and my words will be in you, you will all of a sudden know how to pray. You will know what to pray for. Like, like God will help you in your prayer life. And I want to encourage you folks today to develop a habit of getting alone with God. I want to encourage you to develop a habit like, like Daniel did three times a day to meet with God. And you can do this very easily. And you say, well, I don't do that at all right now. You can do it very easily. I'm not talking that you have to shut down all of life. I'm saying for three times a day you can give five minutes to God. Like, like set your alarm and, and, and tell it to call you and, and remind you, like the guy has to be reminded for the trash day, right? We need to be reminded that I need dependence on God and that I can't do this on my own. Well, yeah, I can, I can, I, I can make a mess out of it on my own, but I need the, the power of God. And I need his direction. I need his, I need his input. And so as you, as you get that, just, 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 just. Make your phone go off three times a day. Pick, a, pick three times that are good for you. I want to encourage you to, to never go to bed without hearing from God. Never go to bed at night without hearing from God. Because you know what I hear from all day long? I hear from all kind of craziness in our world, don't you? I hear from this social media and this social media from this news outlet and that news outlet and i hear all these things are coming at me and i'll tell you what by the time i go to sleep it's hard to sleep sometimes isn't it because they've just told you how many cases of the virus are walking down your street you know i think you can almost pull it up by zip code now Uh, and listen when you hear that negative information what does it do to you it makes you fearful right And so what I have to do is I have to say, okay, God, I'm done hearing all this. And I'm not saying to run away from it. It's here. The the world is negative around you. I'm saying I have to come, and I ain't got to let God speak to me now. And as I start to come to God, you know what God teaches me in his word? Fear not, for I am with you. Fear not, for I am with you. You know what the media says? Be afraid because it's here. Be afraid it's going to get worse. God says, fear not. Fear not, 
And, and God didn't say, I'll take this all away either as you read the God's word. He, he doesn't promise that you have no pain. He says, suffer for now. Glory is coming. And so as you, as you get into God's word, he will change your life. And you, know what that, you know what God will do as you get into his word? He'll make you stronger. You want to be stronger in these times? You got to get into God's word. You got to be praying. You got to be connecting with him. Uh, he'll make you more confident. When his word is in you, and you can ask the God of the universe, and he promises he's going to take care of it. I want to encourage you to take God up on his promise. To remain in him, and let his word remain in you. And if you'll start there, that's what Daniel did. Daniel said, I've studied the book of the prophecy. I've studied what Jeremiah said, and I see the 70-year time. And Daniel's thinking, I've been deported for just about 70 years right now. Maybe he's sitting at 68 years at that point. He sees this as right, right around that time. Um, look, look, what, look, what, look what Jeremiah said. Jeremiah 29, chapter 10, uh, 29, verse 10. This is what the Lord says. When 70 years are completed for Babylon. Now, remember, this is what he was studying. This is how he's, pre- he's responding to God. And so he's coming to God in prayer. He says, this is what it says. When 70 years are completed for Babylon, Babylon just fell. The Medes and the Persians came in. 70 years was done. I will come to you and fulfill my good promise. Who starts the work first? God. I will come to you, fulfill my good promise, to bring you back to this place, over to Jerusalem. For I know, now everybody knows this verse, don't you? Read it with me. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Now, I want you to consider this. That is a great verse to memorize. I I have memorized it, and I live by some of these verses. But I want you to catch the very first context that was given to. This was the nation of Israel. And he says to the nation of Israel, remember Daniel chapter 1, God handed him over to Nebuchadnezzar. God says, I'm reaffirming who I am. I know the plans I have for you, Israel, my people. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you. God's plan by the Babylonian captivity was not to harm his people. It was to bring them back to God. And in your life, you can apply these principles to your life. Okay? While this was directly given to the nation of Israel, I want you to consider the plans that God has for you in your life and maybe some of the, some of the wilderness experiences that you've faced. Maybe some of the things that have taken you on a journey that have been painful, that have been overwhelming. And I want you to hear the voice of the Lord this morning. He says, I have a plan and my plans are to prosper you. They're to take care of you, not to harm you, to give you hope and a future. He continues on here. Then you will call on me, and you will come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. When the time comes, your part is to pray. Folks, do you realize that you could miss some of the the things that God's wanting to do in your life by not praying? By not abiding in him. Like God wants to do something. And God says, here's what I want you to do. I want you to call on me. Come to me and pray. But God's coming first. So here's what's happened in your life. God initiates it. God starts it. He says, I want you. You're my child. Come along. And you are to turn around and pray. 
and you start to seek him. I will listen to you. All right, continue on, verse 13 here. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. You will seek me and find me when you, uh, you will find me when you seek me with all of your heart. Oh, that is powerful today. I will be found by you. All right, next verse here. I will be found by you, declares the Lord, and will bring you back from captivity. I will gather you from all the nations and places where I have banished you, declares the Lord. And I will bring you back to the place from which I have carried you into exile. Folks, I want to encourage you today. Um, You don't have what you need because you don't ask of God. Did you hear that? James 4.2. Check this out. You don't have what you want, what you need, because you don't ask God for it. God's called us to prayer. How do we pray in a time of crisis? We start with God's word. Because if I don't, when I come to him and you go and read more in the book of James, he says you ask amiss. You're asking with the wrong heart. You're asking with the wrong, wrong motivation. I'm not asking for God's will. I'm asking for my will. And so God says when you come to him and, and his word is getting you, the more that you're in his word, the more your prayer life changes. And the more in tune you become with God's plan. See, prayer is really God taking and tuning your heart to what he's doing. Imagine Daniel. Here he is. He's been in exile all of his life. And he's praying and he's asking God, can I at least go back home to Jerusalem? I'm 85. I want to die over there. I don't want to die in captivity. I don't want to die in exile. I want to go back to the homeland. So he's pulling these things out and he's praying. And I want to ask you today, How about your life? You don't have what you want because you don't ask God for it. How much time do we spend worrying and fretting? Ulcers, anxiety. These things are off the chart today. As you watch these things in our world, the world we're living in is, is broken. And we are the people of God and we are broken right now. But we have the answer. And we get to come before God, and God can take care of us. And, and I want to ask you, do you have what you need in your life? I, you know what? Don't, the, the next thing I want to encourage you to do is to seek God. Turn your face to God. Turn your face to God. That's the second thing I see Daniel do. And it's, it's pretty powerful right here in t- Daniel 9, 3. Look what he says. He says, then I turned my face to the Lord God, seeking him by prayer and pleas for mercy with fasting and sackcloth and ashes. I turned my face to the Lord. And so, you know, like, like today I'm thinking, all right, Daniel, he, he prayed with his window open facing Jerusalem. Is he talking about, you know, how do I pray facing the Lord? Am I supposed to pray with my head looking up? And quite often I'll do that. But I think God's talking a little bit more here about something here. You can physically look up, um, but he wants, you to, uh, he wants you to pay attention. I like another translation says it like this. It says, so I gave my attention to the Lord God to seek him by prayer. <sighs> Husbands and wives, did you ever uh, have a discussion without looking at each other? It's not fun, is it? Like, has your spouse ever said something and you didn't respond, like you, you just didn't pay attention? You're kind of like over here doing this and your spouse is talking and you're saying, you know, it reminds you of uh, the, the, the Snoopy cartoon, Peanuts, you know? Wah, 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 right? 
That happens in our house a little bit, you know, like sometimes, you know, I'm not saying that I've ever heard that, but I'm sure she's heard that, right? You know, I'm saying, you know, sometimes I just, you know, but I'll tell you what, if we're having a discussion and I turn around and I look, it changes everything. Like, there's no longer wah, 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 wah. There's now the fear of God. It's like she's really mad. We're really sad. We're really happy. And anything in between. And the same whenever she hears me. It's no longer like when she stops, like like you know, there's times that I've come home and you know, I've just got I don't know, like I'm full of words for some reason, you know. Doesn't happen often, but every now and then I get some words to bring home, right? And and, and I'll bring home these words and, and, and she she'll be on a task and I'm like, I'll just stop talking. Why? Because she didn't give me her attention. And it's not that she was bad. It's just the way the, set, way the way it was happening that day. And, you know, she's on this, and you know, you're telling this big, long story, and she says, oh, yeah, what about the, what, can you go to the store? And the, I'm like, didn't you just hear? I just poured out my heart to you. Right? And, and this happens quite often. God says here to give your attention to the Lord. Turn your face towards God. Like, like if somebody's talking to you, you stop what you're doing and you turn your face towards God. Seeking him by prayer. Um, uh, give my attention to the Lord. And, and listen, seeking. So first we listen, second we seek. So the first step of prayer is to listen. The next step is to seek. And I want to encourage you to seek the Lord while he may be found, as the scripture tells us. Seek him. How do we seek him? Why should we seek him? Look here, Amos 5, 4 says this says, seek me that you may live. Folks, do you realize that most people in our world are dead men walking? They are dead men and women walking. They are not spiritually alive. God says, seek me that you may live. There is life that comes from following God. Um, You want to talk about the life that God gives you? You want to talk about peace, love, joy? gentleness, kindness, these all come from seeking him. He says, seek me that you may live. Jesus himself, look here over in Luke chapter 12, he said this, seek the kingdom of God above all else, and he will give you everything you need. Seek the kingdom of God above everything, and he will give you everything that you need. Now, there are many times that there's things that I think 